So welcome to our 22nd podcast. This week we meet up with a very special person, Eileen Stewart from Carrick. Um, known in the running community as the Dame, she is the life and soul of any party. Taking on challenge after challenge, including four half marathons in four days at the beautiful age of 63. She also had the privilege of representing Northern Ireland in the Masters Cross Country, showing that it's never too late to set goals and take on new challenges. Again, I'd just like to thank everyone for following the podcast. If there is anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop in on the Inspirational Runners podcast group on Facebook and send me a PM with any recommendations and I'll see what I can do. Before we start, this week's podcast comes to you from the Armour City Marathon, which is on Sunday the 26th of August. I believe that there is a full half 10k and team relay options, um, which I'll be taking part in myself, so hope to see you there. So let's go and see what Eileen's got to say for herself. He took three pictures of her coming over the jump and then he melded them all into one. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. So it's three different pictures, but he melded them into one. Jeez, I love how the software... Isn't that really good? Uh-huh. There's no way you would think that was yeah. the same... So that's well, it's obviously off, is the same dog. Like, yeah. okay. That's amazing. She's been to Crofts. I've competed at Crofts with her. So how long have you been doing... Do you like to compete with my dogs? Um, oh God, the 14 years, more. So what made you pick that up? Well, when I got her, my friend said to me, I said, look at the length of that dog's legs. And my friend said, you should get her into doing something like, you know, agility, because mm. she's got big, long legs, and that's and how I got into it. That's how I got into running, because I met Louise Smart. Because you're agility and your long legs. <laughs> <laughs> I met Louise Smart. Yeah, I know the, well... I know of Louise. See, her and I have been friends for like 14, 15 years because I joined, I went to the dog club and her and Glenn had just got married and were on honeymoon. And they came back from honeymoon and I was there with Molly and we've been friends since then. She does a lot of the waggy races too, doesn't she? We do, her and I both do the waggy races. She only started about 14 years ago. Now, she's been doing dog, dog, we call it dogging. (laughs) (laughs) But we do proper dogging. Yeah. With dogs, you know. And you weren't running before that, were you not? No. You weren't running something. No, before? I was really, really overweight. You can see in one of, the, one of those pictures, I was really overweight. And you'd met her then through. I met her through the dogs, dog agility. Mm-hmm. And then, was and it then, her bullet to you, or? Well, she she was really a big girl back then as well. She was like a set, you know, large lady, and Glenn, her and Glenn, both smokers, big. And she decided to get fit and started getting fit and then started running. And I thought, yeah, right. But then my brother died and my daddy had died when he was 67. And the doctor in the hospital said to us, there's three of us. And he said, I'll have two of you in this ward. He said, the history in your family, there'd be two of you in here. Out of the three of you, two of you'll get heart disease. What sort of impact did that have on you? And we were like, Bang. oh my God. And my younger brother and I both sort of went and got tested and all the rest of it. And But my older brother was very mm. much like, yeah, I'd be all right, you know. Now he lived in England and he went upstairs one day and there was a massive crash and his wife went up and he's dead, down on the floor. What age was he? 59. <coughs> Didn't see a 60th. And did he look after his sort of well-being at all? No, <laughs> smoked like a train, literally lit mm. every cigarette with the one he was putting out, you know, and... Ate uh, all around him and drank too much. He was just a big man, you know. Yeah. So that was an awful shock to me because I was um, 58, no, 57. Uh, yeah, because he was just before he was 60. So I thought, right, I really need to do something here. Mm. So I started uh, going slim world, losing a bit of weight. And I had a, bought a treadmill and I was walking on it in the house. And I started running on it. And when I got up to three miles on the treadmill, Louise said, why don't you come join it? You know, come to club, see what you think. So I went to County Andrew Harriers one night, and the rest is history. What age were you then? Just before my 59th birthday. That's brilliant. Yeah. How did you feel that evening going down to meet them? I suppose Louise was there. Oh, I was a nervous wreck. And I ran with Glenn, her husband, because I have one of our friends, and he was injured at the time him and Irene Downey were injured so they ran with me 
and I struggle now. I need cause yeah. three miles on treadmill is very different from three miles out in the road. So I struggled, but at the finish, you know, I was buzzing because it done, you know, it gone right. And though he said, "What do you think? Will you come back?" And I said, well, "I think I might come back." And there we are. That's brilliant. And then I decided. I thought, right, I have to have a goal. I need something to work towards to keep me going. So I wanted to do a half marathon before I was sixty. That was brilliant. So you only started running when you were fifty nine. Uh -huh. and I did four half marathons before I was sixty. I had four done. <laughs> Have you been like that all the way through your life? Is that sort of your makeup? I don't mean the half marathons, obviously, but I suppose just throw I have, yourself into yeah. things. Well, I'm, I was a nurse, you say, all through the troubles in the Royals. So oh, okay. you had to just keep, you know. Just act. under pressure and yeah. yeah so you don't mm. think too much about it. No, just go on with it. Just get on with it. Mm -hmm. And like, I've talked to so many people who running has sort of come later in life to them and a better health and well being. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like <clears throat> I don't know the right word to use is ignorance. But people just aren't given that awareness really. No, well they, they aren't. Although I had run years and years ago. My closest friend, um, her and I used to run. I would have met her after work and would have gone running. Mm -hmm. She she taught me to run, basically got me into it. And then she got married and moved away to Hillsborough. And we kind of then just fell out of it because she was over there and I was here and we didn't keep it up. Yeah. And now I'm back running and she said that has inspired her and she's back running. Um, and she said, no, I... I'm going to keep at this. You've really got me going because I started you all those years ago and now you've got me back into it. So she's running and she did her first half marathon last year and she chose the Mourn Mountains. She says I chose it for her. I don't, she chose it. <laughs> and she did the Mourn half and then she did the Causeway half. That's brilliant. Dear lover. So your, what was the first half marathon that you'd signed up for? Vienna. In Vienna? Vienna. Yeah. yeah, and me and Marion Morrow did the half, and Louise, Christine Neeson, and Lisa Barrett did the full. That was brilliant. And it was it was amazing. I'll never forget finishing. You know. Yeah. So what was the experience of that then? So, when people think about signing up for a race, um, you actually picked something that was a really good goal then, mm -hmm. and making a holiday out of that as yeah. well. Yeah. So I we'll love a wee road trip, you see, because then it will involve gin, lots yeah. of gin. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a wee road trip. Mm -hmm. And you've sort of been given the name, the dame. Yeah, so Mark Ramsey christened me that. He decided I was called, I, I don't really know why he called me the dame, but he sent me a picture one day and he's really good at Photoshop. And he put a picture on Facebook and he said, the strangest thing happened to me today. I was up at the track uh, training and there was the dame, there was our dame, with somebody called Mary. And it was a picture of Mary Peters standing beside her statue. And he had photoshopped me on the statue. Brilliant. <laughs> so it stuck. I've been the dame ever since. Yeah, so you started off road running then? Uh-huh. And do you know how many 10Ks or half marathons you've run? Uh, nearly 50 half marathons. Wow. And not that, was it? No, two years ago, I did Derry Marathon. Yeah, and how did that go? And Oh, it was killer. It was a killer because it was the warmest day of the year. It was nightmare. It's always warm and dairy. Oh my God, it was shocking. I never forget it. And Martina Toll and Bootsy and two other people ran with me and stayed with me the whole way. And I'll never forget that experience now, finishing. And dairy's tough. Yeah. You know, you have that hill, like <clears> nearly at the finish. That really is tough, like. And how did you sort of train for that then? So you... you Started with the local running club. You were doing sort of like five k sort yeah. of distance, and you just just decided I'm going to run a half marathon. Yeah. That was the first goal, really. Yeah. And to make it interesting, I'm going to go to Vienna. Yeah. How long? How much training did you put in between that? Oh, there was a lot. We tr started training. I joined the club probably it was about September time, and Vienna was kind of April, so we trained really hard all winter. And it was a really bad winter. We had ice and snow and, you know, we were out running, doing the bigger mileage with the hailstones hitting us in the face. And we all arrived in Vienna to like 20-something degrees, wall-to-wall <laughs> sunshine. And it was like, oh my God, we haven't trained for this. 
um, football cart round. You know, yeah, what time of year was that? It's about April, I think, Viella, okay. March, April time. Um, so it was really good because it was an awesome feeling to have done it. You yeah. know, actually. And you ran three miles that first night. Uh-huh. Can you remember? I remember talking to a friend of mine. I was training for my first marathon. Well, before I was training for my first marathon, and he used to work on the opposite desk to me, and he'd come in, he told me he'd run eight miles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how is that physically possible to run eight miles? I know. And then on my journey, you know, I ran my first eight miles. Mm-hmm. Can you remember what that was like then, sort of oh, stepping up through the yeah, miles for your first half? And I remember getting like a 10K, and I remember getting eight miles, nine miles, and you can't believe but then at the very start, you couldn't believe you'd ever run three miles, yeah. you know. Um, so whenever you got to three miles, it was a massive achievement because when you started out, you couldn't believe you'd ever managed to do a mile, never mind three miles, mm. you know. And you start to feel fitter and you definitely start, it gets easier, Yeah. you know. Um, but then you come home and you rest for a wee while and then you go out and the first mile you run, you're punctured, you think... I just run a half marathon. Why is this mile killing me? You yeah. know, but it's the same. You run a marathon, and a week later you can hardly walk a mile. You know, you're a bit more self belief in yourself after yeah. you've done it. Well, you, you know you can do it. Then mm. you know you can do it. And I've done three <coughs> marathons now, and I know I can do marathon distance. Yeah, I don't like it, but I know I can do it. What What do you think is missing? See, when we're growing up, and it sort of comes back to what I was saying earlier on about the the awareness that we're not really given when we're younger. Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many people I know, I started running when I was 35. Nearly, I haven't really met anybody yet who's been running all the way through their lives and yeah. have had this great well-being and know what good um, nutrition is or anything like that. And people's self-esteem seems to be very low. Yeah. Or, or their opinions of themselves and that self-belief just doesn't really seem to be there. Um, I don't know whether it's a thing that schools are missing out on. Yeah, I don't think physical exercise is really encouraged. I know when I was Mm. at school, I was always a heavy child. I was always overweight. And it was like, well, if you want to take part, you can. If you don't, sure, sit at the side. You you were never really encouraged. Like, did you walk out of school? I know the answer to this, by the way, but did you walk out of school saying, thinking, wow, I can absolutely do anything now? No. Do you know what I mean? I'm brilliant. No. You know, I can have, there's nothing I couldn't do here. No. You don't really get that at no, all, you do don't. you? And no. um, a lot of us get overweight and we start running to try and yeah. help weight. But the whole society today that we look at, you know, it's like in America, there's 75% of people on medication. I know. Um, due to poor well being. Yeah. But there's such a lack of an awareness, isn't there? There is. All the way through. Well, I think that. half, I mean, most of us know why I run because it helps my mental health. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> It really helps clear the demons out of your head. And I think a lot of people run for that reason, you know. Just to get you back outside. Yeah. As soon as you get outside, you're sort of it's reconnected. Off. If you could only bottle that and, and sell it to people, mm. that feeling that you get whenever you've done those miles on your own steam, you know. Be it on a bike, on your feet, you know, however, you've gone out and you've done that under your own steam. You haven't got into a car and driven there. Yeah. You know, and if you could bottle the feeling that you get from doing that and say to people, just go and, and take that and try it and see what you think, you know, yeah. because um, more and more people would do it if they understood how good you feel. Yeah. You know, I think it's a feeling sort of. It's this... a feeling in the education system, I think, that, yeah, that there's think not the like... same. Well, once you get to um, secondary school or grammar school, you're not really like is there really any sport encouraged mm. unless you're one of the rugby players or you know a gifted hockey player or something the rest of you are kind of so going back to Vienna then you finished that marathon you must have been definitely there's a few gins after that because oh, you're on holiday um, <laughs> did you was it that evening you planned your your next one because no. you've done four no I did four before I was six I can't even remember where the next one was I think the second one, I think, was Marianne and I decided to go to Dublin and do the rock and roll. I think that was second. Brilliant. And that was good fun. Now we And we enjoyed it so much that we encouraged everybody to go the next year. And the next year was awful. It was really crap. <laughs> <laughs> there was no music playing. It was just horrible. And they finished in the Phoenix Park. And yeah. oh, it was horrible. And 
you know, bare capital of Ireland, and all you could get at the finish was no tear coffee, <laughs> and we were like, it's the bit, you know, this is people this come is for double. the Guinness. Like, so we just thought the next year was awful but that first year Marion and I did it on our own and thought it was brilliant and it was amazing and we loved it you know yeah. and then we did the great Scottish run yeah and but I did another one I can't remember which one it was there was four in total three of us went over to Scotland do the great Scottish run it was unbelievable it was brilliant. really good yeah uh-huh. it was really good so do you feel feel like now that you started running and you're starting these half marathons. It's starting to recolor your life yeah. a bit. Like, yeah. You then went from sort of running roads then deciding like this isn't really enough for us. We're going to run over the mountains now. <laughs> well, Louise Smart again got me into cross country. Mum will go and give this cross country a go. So we started doing the cross country. And because of my age, I got picked for Northern Ireland, for the Northern brilliant. Ireland team, because I was over 60. And now Kate Montgomery's up. She's she's into my age category now, um. And I've been rep- I've represented Northern Ireland three times across country. So how did that selection happen? You go up. Uh, they have the selection day up at the Dub, at yeah. Queens, uh, which is soon I think. But it wasn't Masters. just um. It wasn't just because your age. If you think of all the people in Northern Ireland that are your age. I know. The only one at that time I was the only one run and I was certainly the only one running cross country. Yeah, that's phenomenal though. You, know? you would never have thought that would happen. I couldn't believe it. I could, and my husband couldn't believe it because he, he just thought, where's this woman come from? She's all of a sudden out running cross country and I have to bear spikes and you know, all this sort of <laughs> thing. He couldn't believe it. And he came to Nottingham with me to go and run in the, the But you must be very proud. Oh my that. goodness, there's a picture of me in Nottingham and I'm beaming from year to year just the fact that it was there you know and then it was down in Dublin wasn't it then at Nottingham then Dublin and this year it was up in Derry mm. so what happened in Dublin then there's a few of your friends sort of turned up I Marion and Grace the two Marions and Grace just appeared you surprised you uh, surprised me I was halfway around the course in this sort of <laughs> <laughs> I was like and I stopped. I was that busy squealing, jumping up and down, and they were keep running, you know. But I was so excited to see them. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was... Derry this year. Derry. It didn't uh-huh. go as well, did it? Uh, no, I had to pull out. I With was an injury? Injured. Yeah. This leg's been bothering me, and my Achilles is all swollen. It's, it's right down the leg. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I felt my calf, and I knew it was going to go if I, I kept going. It was going to pop. Yes, so I pulled out. Wise. And there was three three people pulled out that day. One girl, her muscle did give. I think it was her hip. And she had to be carried off. Um, yeah. It was really mucky and claggy and it was trailing the just legs pulls out the of le- it. Yeah. pulls the legs off you across And I just thought, no, I can't. if I carry on, I can't, I can carry on, but yeah. if I do, I'm going to injure something. So I No, that out. was definitely mm-hmm. the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful shirt, isn't it? Like You've got the... The Northern Ireland shirt, yeah. a lovely white running singlet. Do you yeah. still you still have that here? Oh, then? and I have my Ireland um, track suit and all. That's mm-hmm. brilliant. So Louise got you running the mountains then. So yeah, what was the first well then, mountain run. Then she said you should do the Morn half because it's absolutely gorgeous, and I was like, the Morn mountains. I don't think so, and I have walked for years in the Morns, me and the husband and the dogs. And she was like, honestly, you'd love it, you'd love it. So she took me into it and I entered the morn half. And that the rest of that's history as well because I've done it every year since. Um, except for last year, or the whenever it was I did Derry, pardon me, I thought it was a good idea to do the morn half a week later, which it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, last year it was torrential rain, if yeah. I remember, so you mm-hmm. might have just missed that one. Mud everywhere and oh my goodness it was horrendous and this year i just thought right no i'm not doing the half again i did the 10k this year beautiful but you've done the twin peaks this year i do it i did it last year and this year yeah, yeah and it's a tough one it's a lot harder than the oh, one way now it was worse that way around yeah last year was better the other way around because it's so steep going up yeah so well, steep coming down getting up camla <laughs> was was easier well no getting up camla was tough last year but then you, you came sailing down and climbed up Gullion and then you had that whole downhill. Whereas this year, by the time we got to the car park at Gullion, 
we were absolutely wrecked. Yeah. Um, and then you had to start climbing up the mountain, you know. <laughs> and coming down, Kamla was so steep. Yeah. Um, and it's grassy. So you're really, well, I'm really scared of falling at my age. I think if I break something, you know, it's going to be really bad. So I was taking it very steady. Coming it was very down. warm as well, wasn't it? Powerful heat, yeah, was. But brilliant crack, you know, we had wee gins with us to drink on the way up. Because <laughs> it doesn't have to be all, it's very important for people to know that. It doesn't have to be all super serious. Well, Do you know what I mean? You go out, it's such a In my be... book, it's not super yeah. serious. I'm too old to take it. I'm never going to be podium. I'm never going to be winning races or, you know, getting PBs. They, they don't exist where I, in my world. My world is I'm out there enjoying it and doing it because mm. I can do it and having fun. But you have had um, age group wins. I have, So yes. you have had podiums. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you on that one. <laughs> and this year I might get more because I'll be 65 this year, so I'm out of Kate's category. Because yeah. <laughs> once Kate came into my category, that was it. You know, she's really fast. But you, you look fantastic for 65. You can tell you've been outside in the sun and like mm. your, your colour's glowing. Now I'm 43 years of age and I know people in my class that just cannot, that were in my class in school. Mm-hmm. You just can't even get off the sofa. Oh yes, definitely. And if you think of where you are now. Yeah. And like, could you think what it would be like if you weren't running? Well, if I wasn't running, I would just be massively overweight and probably my heart would give in, you know, because mm-hmm. the history's there in the family. Um, so I wouldn't have fancied my chances if I hadn't started getting fit. So mm-hmm. running really has helped me keep the weight off and, you know, mentally it's helped me. Um, but physically, the, the benefits have been unbelievable. And what about the social aspect of it then? Oh, it's brilliant. I've got friends all over the countryside that I wouldn't yeah. have... You know, I say to people all the time, I wouldn't have known you if, if it hadn't been for running. I would never have met all these people, you know. And like, there's a race on Wednesday, an Eames race. And Denise is coming up, Denise Alley's coming up on Tuesday to stay with me um, so that we can go early on Wednesday morning for the race. You know, it makes sense because she lives in Uri, you know. And like for Twin Peaks, I went and stayed with her the night before and then Brilliant. we went and did. So all these friends I have... From yeah. down south and everywhere that you would never ever have met. Racing on the weekend isn't enough for you. So you're no, doing those really runs during the week. <laughs> it's just non-stop. It is non-stop. Um, Although this year I have pulled back a bit and I definitely have because last year I just did so much. Yeah. You know, and the year before I think... But what does so much mean? Like you're racing once or twice a week, weren't you? Yeah, and last year I, I did something like 13 or 14 half marathons wow. in the year, like plus a marathon, you know? Yeah, that is a lot, isn't it? It's a lot, it really is. But it's just too much and, you know, people half my age aren't doing that. Yeah. You know? What what, what do you think the draw was to them that was making you do so much? Because I'm crack? an Egypt, people keep saying, come yeah. over after this, come over after that. Yeah, dead on. So this year I've been very good. No, I'm not. Mentally. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Get <laughs> I'm your pair of boxing gloves so you can stay away from the computer. Well, I have the quad, the quadrathon now in uh, two weeks' time up in Donegal. I oh, did that last year and that was amazing. So tell me about that then. So it was four half marathons. Four halves in four days. Because you have the, is it, what do you call the gap? Is it? Memorial Gap. Memorial Gap. Because that's part of the half course yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah. And just to get up that is... Oh, a... it was deadly. I got to the top of it last year and Padraigine Bingham was there and she said, I don't know how you did that. She says, we were in second gear and the car was straining coming yeah. up. And I was like, oh, I don't know how we get up that. It really was drag yourself up it. it yeah, if so anybody strange. doesn't know it, they should Google it to see. To and... Google the more Gap. It is unbelievable. And mm-hmm. you can see it coming. You can because you run along the shore, you know, and mm. you, you think there's a gap in the hills up there, but that's where I'm going. And if you know any showing anyway, you'll know that's so where you're headed. This podcast is turning into an advertisement <laughs> every week for the Donegal Quads because it keeps on popping I up. I keep telling everybody, do it. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Do it. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. And people would say to me, Oh, I, I couldn't run four days in a row. I couldn't do four half marathons. You know, were you not knackered? And, you know, 
I just said, no, you're not. The whole atmosphere, the buzz, there's loads of people, mm. you know, it just carries you through. And don't miss it. Everybody should do it just mm. once. There's something special about it, like, isn't There it? is something special about it. And um, at what point did you decide that you were going to do that? You're consciously thinking... Well, you see, when I did the Dublin Rock and Roll, the very first one, the, the second half that I ever did, we were at the Expo and Extreme North, who I'd never heard of, had a, a stand at the Expo and they had pictures up of this quadrathon around Denny Sean and I, I know Donny Gall really well mm. and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, what a dream would that be to run around Donegal? But it would only be a dream because I could never manage that, knowing what Donegal is like and the hills, hills and, the, and the wind and, and the, the wind and the rain that can be pouring with rain. And I thought, um, no, I could never manage that. And then I, the opportunity came up, and Denise said, "Come on, we'll do it." <laughs> and I was like, I, I couldn't believe. I think that's what carried me around. I couldn't believe that I was doing it, that I was doing this what I dreamed about for those few years. That's amazing. Never thought I would be able to do it. And there I was doing it. So you do the first one then, you get up and you're excited and there's a buzz and there's a lot of people there and they're all mm -hmm. in the same boat. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. that excitement that comes with yeah. that. Um, how did you feel after the first one? Was that motivation, that excitement still there? I, I felt a wee bit down after the first one because it was raining. Mm -hmm. And you come back in the road to Mallon and it's a big, long, straight, road and there's big lorries whizzing past and it was raining and I felt really like I just want to go home this is yeah. horrible um so you got up the next morning. and I got up the next morning and thought right give yourself a shake you know that yesterday was a bad day put it behind you you know and the next day I went out early with the walkers the slow runners can go out yeah. early with the walkers so I went out earlier with the walkers, which was a brilliant idea because there was loads of people about Takes the pressure off. Yeah. And the sun was shining. It was a totally different day. And everybody was such good form. And the mood just lifted, you know, and then it was fine for the rest of the week. And you just yeah. get up every morning and put your running shoes on and go off and run. So you just knew after the second one, that's it. You're just in the process now. Yeah. Tomorrow uh -huh. I can get up, no problem. Yeah. Um, but my more gap, day three, well, my goodness, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to give up then. You're nearly there, day yeah. three. Like. Once you've climbed that, you can do anything, really, yeah. can't you? You can, definitely. And how did you feel then, you know, coming down? You have a couple of miles left to go. How was that feeling on the fourth day? On the fourth day, unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, it's a big long road from Moville, uh, or from Muff end of Moville towards Moville. And there was a couple of guys in front of me from Star Running Club up in Derry. And we'd sort of been chatting to them off and on over the days. And I thought, now if I could just keep them in my sights, because they were going at a nice wee pace. Yeah. So I just kept them in front of me. I didn't let them get too far away. And I just kept with them. And then you, you get to the top of the driveway at the Red Castle and it sweeps away down in so you're running down into the Red Castle Beautiful. and it was I couldn't believe that that was the last day and I'd done it I couldn't believe it I really couldn't mm. and then I felt highly disappointed because I had nobody there <laughs> so I said to my husband he's come with me this year <laughs> I don't want to do that again so when was that you done that uh, last August so you done it last year yeah what's drawn you back this year Oh, it was so brilliant, I couldn't miss it again. It was amazing. Mm. It really is the most amazing thing. I keep trying to talk myself out of it now, don't I? Yeah, <laughs> Every time you I doing talk. It? I am I am gonna do it. Mm -hmm. Um it's just a matter of when I'm gonna do it. So I don't know if it fits into the plan at the minute. And but it's definitely coming up, so it mm -hmm. is like so I'm really looking forward to that's well, I, I like I, that sort of thing. I like that the sense of community yeah. and all of that. I love all that. And although the quads is on road, it's it's not like a road yeah. race, you know, it's different. Uh, I love the causeway and Tullymore and the Mourns, you know, I love all that off road stuff. I love to do trail runs. I love twenty six extreme. I love their their races yeah. like they definitely don't do easy, you know. I love all that kind of stuff. Do you like the more challenging races then? Or yeah. Do you think it's the challenge or do you think it's just the environment or a bit of both maybe? It's a bit of both. Uh -huh. I love yeah. the environment of running trails. 
I love the challenge of running trails because you've done it in all weathers. You know, I've run the Morn Mountains in wall-to-wall sunshine where we all nearly had heat stroke. And I've run it in lash and rain where you're getting sucked into bogs, you know. But I love all that. Yeah. That makes it all the more exciting. And it's not like a road race where you feel you have to just keep plodding along. When you're off-road like that, mm. there's parts of it you have to walk. It's you more know, of an adventure, isn't it's it? It's more of an adventure, yeah. And you don't feel guilty then about doing bits of walking because there's bits of it yeah. you have to walk. You've no choice, you know. You can enjoy the walk then. There's, yeah. there's no guilt with it. And like, at Causeway, all. you're clambering over rocks. And like two years ago at Causeway, the tide was in. So the gap from White Park or from Ballantoy around to White Park Bay, we had to go into the ocean. <laughs> and it was just like I, I just thought this was absolutely the best crack ever you know and yeah. Nora Gilbody if you know yeah. Nora she was behind me and I was screaming will somebody catch Nora because she's tiny she'll go under the water <laughs> you know and it was just like that just makes it all so much fun you know yeah. you don't feel like you're really racing you know and how do you feel when you come to the finish line those ones it's like a day trip isn't it mm-hmm. you have like some Bootsy running buses and things yeah. like that uh-huh. And I see you, um, the team dog talk yes, at times. Uh-huh. How did that come about? Uh, just Bootsy. Bootsy's, no, I can't say it on a podcast. He's a bit rude. <laughs> I was running in uh, Mount Stewart and he ran up behind me and he said, oh, just what I've dreamed about, Mount Stewart. <laughs> and I was like, pardon? What did you say? And he said, I just said I love being here in the beautiful Mount Stewart. <laughs> So it all came about that I ended up with a team dog vest and I have the dogs and the doggy things yeah, on yeah. the car. So I'm I'm top dogger apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant. So he has sort He's of heart really of gold, good. doesn't he? He has a heart of gold. He's an amazing man, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. he really is. Mm-hmm. He's one of, we'll be catching up with soon, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And like the Causeway Coast half marathon, it's not, like they're difficult half marathons. People would mm-hmm. worry about entering those type of races. You know, because they, they've ran the road and they think, oh, there's no way I could run up and down over mountains. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what would your advice be to those people? Go for it. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And the causeway isn't the most difficult one because when you get up onto the, the cliff path, you're up on it. That's it. You know, you're running along the cliff and the views are amazing and the whole thing is just spectacular. Yeah, it's more of a, it's a different type of buzz for those type of runs, Totally different, uh-huh, totally different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, I, I can't describe it whenever you're doing runs like that. You know, the buzz you get from being off-road, up there, all on your own, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's the most amazing feeling. Now, every time I've seen you, I sort of met you through, obviously through the running, but mm-hmm. taking photographs. Yeah. I've never actually talked to you before until no, now. No, that's right, uh-huh. And I was actually really looking forward to coming up today. It's almost as if I did know you. I know. <laughs> this big beaming smile. Ah, but you have comes. to be I have to catch you with your tongue in. Well, that was extremely <laughs> difficult. I was taking photographs on course. That also was Mark Ramsey's fault because he made me stick my tongue out one day. Oh, did he? <laughs> He's got a lot to... He's got a lot to answer for, Mark Ramsey. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I see you in... You're a big part of the Ames sort of community with yeah. East Antrim Marathon Series, yeah. isn't it? Uh-huh. And... Tell me a bit about that. They're fantastic now. They're really good. Craig just lives across the road from me here. Okay. He just lives around the corner. So we do a lot around here in this, yeah. this uh-huh. sort of area. A lot uh-huh. of the marathons. A lot and... of marathons. Um, they would do the Naga. That's their infamous one. Running up the Naga, which is what we did today. So how, one, far, how far was that? Well, one loop is 10 miles, although we, we managed to make it 11 today because we, we ran from here rather than up on the top road where they start. <laughs> So uh, it's it was eleven miles, uh-huh. and it's five miles from my house up to the monument. Yeah, and it's straight so, up, and that's uphill the whole way. Yeah, uh-huh. brilliant. But then you've downhill. You know, it's all downhill there. Yeah, downhill can be harder. <laughs> times, I know. Sometimes. Well, it's a wee bit. It is a wee bit. And um, what what's the hardest conditions that you've run in? Because they've had some brutal uh, weather. The storm, the great storm I saw on yeah. this year down at Loch Shore was about 10 miles. just, oh my goodness. Well, it was a challenge that you could go as far as you wanted. Six hour challenge, uh-huh. was it? So I was he- heading for the half marathon because I was training for Berlin. 
and I was um, heading, I wanted to get my half marathon distance up and I went out on my third loop because it was locked short of Gideon's Green, round Gideon's Green and back yeah. and I had the dog with me, wee Jack and he kept looking at me like I don't want to do this because these big waves were coming up in and as the tide came in the waves were getting bigger so I left him in the car and headed out from a third loop and I got to the car park at White Abbey, you know the wee yeah. car park there and Philip McAvoy's wife was there, Alma, and she had taken it on herself to not let people go along the path anymore because the waves were coming right up over into the car park. So she was directing us up into the car park. So I, I sort of walked a wee bit and these waves were coming in and I was soaked to the skin and it was freezing cold. And I got halfway across the car park and I literally thought, what the am I doing? And I turned around and I said, I'm going back. And Elma said, I don't blame you. And I went back in. And I got 10 miles, but oh my goodness. It took me, Denise was waiting for me in the car and it took us a coffee, three pots of tea and a bowl of soup. Thaw out and stop shaking. That was early on in the year, wasn't it? it was like that was March, about March February, time, yeah. Sort of uh -huh. time, like... It was absolutely, I don't think anybody will ever forget that day. Yeah. And nothing will ever be that bad again. It was, there's a picture on Facebook of a runner, we're not even sure who it is, coming along the path with this wave crashing down over the top of them. And they disappeared out under the water. We're not really <laughs> sure who even it was. What did he reappear um, after it that? It was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So nothing can ever be that bad again. And I've run in Derry where the sun was about to give us all heat stroke. So I've run in the extremes, nothing. What age were you when you ran your first marathon? Uh, that was not last year, the year before. So I'd be 65 this year, 63 come 64. And you've ran three marathons. Yeah. So your marathon journey then, going into Derry, as you say, it's a very tough one. Mm -hmm. how, how did you feel going through that? Nervous wreck. I was absolutely nervous yeah. wreck. Walking to the start line that morning, I was terrified. It's I quite really an undertaking, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, but there is something special about Derry Marathon as well. I suppose it's the medal. It's the medal, <laughs> which the hung right my neck and I had to go and sit down. I couldn't stand up Yeah, anymore. the weight of it. Mm -hmm. But how, how did you feel when you sort of got to mile 20? Because it gets tough, doesn't it? Mile 20, I, I stopped dead and said, I can't go on. I really mm. can't go on. And Martina was like, you have to go on. We're nearly there. And then it's horrible after that because you go yeah. way out around that floodplain bit and there's nobody there and oh it was horrible but then you get into town and you know you know that you're coming along towards Free Derry Corner and you turn that corner and you've got Fahan Street but you know you haven't far to go yeah you know so it's a whole different feeling when you get to there it's hard like marathons aren't easy they're not, they're not to be it's underestimated. too far it really yeah. is for me so tell me then, because there's not many people at Derry mm -hmm. in comparison to Dublin. So did you have a different experience with Dublin or yes. was it the same? So Dublin tell me about was that. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Derry I was so trained for. Yeah. And then I did Belfast as a Smurf and had no training at all. So you were one of the infamous Smurfs. Smurfs. I went along to run the first leg. And then I was going to make my way up to the Eagle Inn and meet them all there and run in the finish. Um, and they wouldn't, they kept saying, oh, come on, run another wee bit, run another wee bit. And I got to mile 19 and then they wouldn't let me stop. And <laughs> so I had you're dressed, no training. you're dressed as a Smurf. A smurf. Any particular Smurf or just a... Just a, a mummy Smurf, yeah. But I had no, well, Grammy Smurf because it was grey hair. <laughs> I was Grammy Smurf. And I had no blue on my face by the time I finished because it all washed off. Yeah. <laughs> I sweated so much. That was a great day as well, though. That's it was a brilliant day. But stick out. Never go into a marathon with no training. It really yeah. is the most stupid thing in the world to do, you know, really. Mm. So, Dublin then? Dublin, I wasn't as trained as I was for Derry, but it was a whole other ball game because the crowds in Dublin carry you along. It's totally different, isn't it's it? It's totally different, mm. totally different. I mean, I was miles in before I even realised it because there were so many people shouting and screaming and, you know, giving you sweets and fruit. and It's just amazing. Yeah, a friend of mine was running his first marathon and I advised him 
it was Newry. It was about mm-hmm. three or four years ago, which was less crowds than there were even now. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult because it's out the towpath and back and there's no support. And I used to tell them, no, run Dublin as your first. And I always advise people, yeah. you know, do a big marathon for your first. Mm-hmm. Now, he never ran again mm-hmm. the moment he ran over the finish line in Newry. That Europe. was it. That was it. But the finish line was actually brought down because he, he was about five hours and mm-hmm. actually the finish line was down. There was nobody yeah. there. Oh, that has happened to me too. You know, I've crossed the finish line where it's gone and there's nobody there, you know. But I say to people, a mile's a mile. It doesn't matter if it's a yeah. eight-minute mile or a 16-minute mile. A mile's a mile, you know. It's totally wrong, isn't it, mm. like what to bring finish lines down. Um, a friend of mine down New York this year, and um, when he finished, he came back down and to watch the people coming over. And it was hours and hours after the starting line mm-hmm. and everybody was still there yeah you know just supporting everybody yeah. coming over like people have real difficult disabilities mm-hmm. but still the crowds were all there my, yeah. my first um marathon experience was dublin and i actually ran it in six hours 14 minutes mm-hmm. so i did and it was so much it must have been my hardest marathon ever and yeah. when I got more unconditioned mm-hmm. it was actually harder running and being out for that length of time mm-hmm. um, as I say to people you know I'm twice as long on my feet <laughs> as anybody else you know people go out and run a marathon in three hours four hours it takes me six hours so I'm on my feet twice as long hard. you know it's hard and you're burning all you're burning all that energy yeah. the whole time mm-hmm. and I remember that was that was my most difficult marathon it was six hours 14 but the last half a mile the crowd cheered me just, in Dublin they carry you along they really do and I just remember one guy shouting to me you know brilliant brilliant really strong finish mm-hmm. it was six hours 14 minutes I know but you were still finishing. And they actually made me feel like I was getting a podium spot. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So for anybody that I would advise, if you're going to pick your first marathon, I tell a, everybody, go to Dublin. It's amazing. Mm. You know, forget Derry and Belfast. If you're doing a marathon and you're not sure about it, go to Dublin. Because it's so did amazing. you enjoy that experience? You were so 22 much. minutes faster. I was. I, <laughs> I, fin- I was raging because I finished in six hours and 30 seconds. I was so cross about oh. the 30 seconds. You do be though, don't you? Really, I said to Louise, I'm so pissed off. Thirty seconds, six hours and thirty seconds. Like I would have loved six hours dead, you know. So I, I mean, is that not ridiculous? Because like well, I, I had been six hours something, whatever it was, you know. I, I can relate to that because I was trying to break the four hours and I ran Edinburgh in four hours forty six seconds. <laughs> You'd be so cross, don't you? Yeah, and I. Even though my watch said four hours forty six, I was in hope that when the time came in, I know, <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be. I know. Because I kept wait. thinking, if I had got like thirty one seconds quicker, it would have been just. It would have been five hours fifty nine. Yeah. You know. One second a mile. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing Dublin this year again. Oh yeah, oh, so you decided yeah. to do it again, yeah. even though you said it was a horrible distance. It's too far. It's never do it. far too far, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have something don't yeah. you but D- Dublin is really building into a, a grand marathon mm-hmm. building it into the Sunday really really helped mm-hmm. and I think it sold out 20,000 people mm-hmm. again but mm-hmm. sold out months ago already yeah. Yeah. Um, have you anything else after Dublin do you think no next year my, my aim next year you see you have to have a goal so next year I want to do an ultra <laughs> yeah. One of sixty-five for what to do an ultra. I can't wait to listen back to this podcast <laughs> and hear the sentence say that Martin's too fast, too far. But my goal next year is to do an to ultra. Do an ultra. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do an ultra, but I'll be I'll, I'll pick the right one. You know, I'm not you're... going to run up the knocker three times to no. get an ultra. You know, that's crazy. I couldn't do it, so I'm going to pick the right one. That's amazing, right? And That's that would be me for next year if I can't manage it, you know. Yeah, something tells me that it won't be any issue for you. Oh, like. I don't know. No, no. I'm getting old. <laughs> I hate when people say that to me because it's always an issue. It's always hard work. They say, "Oh, it's no bother to you," and I'm like, mm, "Well, actually, it is. It's always, it's always difficult." Um, but you've got. I got my state pension next month. <laughs> Brilliant. It's awful. It's so hard to believe. And did you, did you hear of Mary Hickey when she was running around Ireland? She mm-hmm. just got her state pension. Really? She ran the full length of Ireland. Oh, 
sorry, around the full coast of Ireland. Right round the coast, yeah. You know, she mm-hmm. was she was sixty five years of age. Mm-hmm. Age really does become a number, and it's it what does. you what you actually. Well, it's what you feel inside. It's really not, you know, what mm. age you are. Or it's what's in your head. And in my head, I'm still 30. <laughs> Leslie Crawford picked up a, a brilliant point last week. Um, he said to me, you know, years ago it was different. Um, we used to dress. You know, when you hit like 35 or 40 and then you start to dress like, like you're old, old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you start to feel that. Yeah. And you, your mind and your physical and presence really is... Only as strong as you think it's yeah. going to be, isn't it? Well, when I think about it, I started running before I was 59. And at 59, 60, when I think of my mother at that age, she would, yeah. no way would she have been starting to run. Yeah, well, I, I know people at 30 years of age mm-hmm. that think, you know, if you, if you show them something like the Twin Peaks, they wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There you are running it. Yeah, <laughs> mad. Mad. Which is crazy. But there are memorable things in running like there you know, I've run half marathons. Like we did Munich half marathon. And I will never forget that ever because it finished in the Olympic Stadium. Now that Olympics were they were a big thing to my generation because Mark Spitz was the you know, he was the, the big pin up boy in those days and he he broke the world record and got whatever number of gold yeah. medals it was at, the, at that Olympics. And they're memorable, obviously, for what happened there, you know, the, yeah. the Israelis and stuff. So the Munich Olympics were a big thing. I always remember as a young girl being at a barbecue on the beach in Crawfordsburn and somebody running down over the grass to tell us that Mark Spitz had done it. He had broken yeah. the world record. You know, So we really, you know, my husband and I would say we really remember that Olympics. And we went to Munich, him and I, and went to the stadium and stood in awe at the swimming pool where Mark Spitz got his gold medal, you know. And then we went into the stadium and stood in awe, because that's where Mary Peters got yeah. her gold medal. And like your memory will always be of her realising that she'd got the gold and running across to her family, you know. So Munich Half Marathon, you run right round the stadium and they bring you down through a tunnel in the dark you can't see where you're going and then this smoke and light start happening and you you come out into the stadium and you finish the last 400 meters is round the track where mary peters got them so i'm running around the track kathy hopkins i think videoed me and i'm running with my mouth hanging open thinking wow oh my god you know this i'm actually in the stadium where mary peters got her gold medal i never get over running that. on the same track running on the same track you Competing know in a race. absolutely amazing mm. you know so i didn't stop smiling the whole day after that that was a big momentous thing yeah, you know really um so what about people then because that was amazing mm-hmm. can you think of and that sticks out in your mind that always will do mm-hmm. um because I've met people in certain races that have sort of had an impact on me immediately. Yeah, Can you yeah. think of any of those sort of situations? Oh, there's so many people in this country who have an impact. Leslie Crawford's just amazing. Yeah. And he's so self-effacing. You know, that man is amazing what he does. And the number of people in this country, Natalie Bowbanks, like, yeah. my goodness, first female pacer. And she makes it look so easy. There's no know? effort in that. No effort in that at all. And yet I ran Armagh last year and she had she was manning a water station and she had the dame's glass <laughs> and gin <laughs> with ice and lemon. I was absolutely I couldn't believe it. Um so she is just a very special person, you know. And so many people that you have on your podcasts stand out yeah. as being such special people that you're just totally blown away by them. Louise Smart. I mean, I, I've known Louise since she was overweight, you know, heavy girl at dog club. It's quite remarkable. And, and she what she champion. has morphed into is what she has made herself. It's unbelievable. Irish champion, you know, for a 24-hour endurance running. It's just, she has found her wee niche in doing endurance yeah. running, you know, because she would say that these short races, yes, she could run fast, but that doesn't interest her. She doesn't want to do that. You it's know? a beautiful thing, that, because if she'd never taken up running, 
she would never have known that was inside her. No, that's and she's right. She's got the national champion. Yeah. For running twenty four hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always think of it. Um, there's a great book um, called from Chrissy Wellington, and in her mm-hmm. book she talks about you know trying different things until you find your niche. And I always think about you know if Jimi Hendrix had never picked up the guitar. That's right. You know, or John Lennon mm-hmm. never started writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing <coughs> what's inside you. It's amazing what's inside you and what you just, discover. Just been waiting to yourself. be unlocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. go all your life and not actually f- discover that. No, that's right. That's right. So it's very important to try new things. Yeah. And my mother gives off. My mother's 86 and she'll say to me, you know, a woman your age out running looks ridiculous and you should be sitting at home, you know. And I think, well, if I listened to her, I would never cross the door. I would just sit here and get old. I love that. Like, and it's, it's something about the older generation, though. You know, mm-hmm. it's... Well, she would never have done it, ever. She would never have done anything like that. Yeah. And yet my father, when he was young, was a brilliant athlete and gymnast, you know. But, you know, I wouldn't even tell my wife's mum or her aunties that I was cycling up here today. Because every time they meet me, they're like... Just take it easy, you're doing too much, you're taking time on And if I talk to any, a lot of the older generation that haven't actually fallen into it, mm-hmm. um, they all say the same, you know, your joints are going to be sore, oh, you know, like this, and this dreadful. is going to happen, mm-hmm. like, when it actually does the opposite. It does. I mean, I you know, feel so much better now than I did, like, six years ago when I retired. Well, before I, before I retired from work, I was actually on the verge of having to go out on long-term sick leave because my knees were so bad. I could hardly bend my knees. And I, I worked visiting mothers and babies and had to get up and down off the floor and I was struggling. Um, and if people's sofas were very low, I had a difficulty getting out of them. And see, That's since I started running, not you, a bother with my knees. And you've run up knocker today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've talked about those inspirational people and they're really just shining a light <clears throat> on everybody else. Yeah. And but there's so many people out there. Rosie Ryan. Rosie Ryan yeah. is just such an inspiration, you know. Fantastic. Every There's so many people out there mm. and I would never have met them if it hadn't been for running, you know. And, and you just, you go out and I'm in awe of them, you know. People will say, oh, you're an inspiration. And I think, no, I'm not an inspiration. I'm a slightly overweight elderly lady who's out there doing what she wants and having fun. These people are, are inspiring, you know. They really are. That's brilliant. You know, I go out and see them and just think, oh my goodness, I'm so much in awe of what they can do. Have you any favourite books or any favourite quotes? No, I've just read a book there, Running Like a Girl. It's very good. Very, very good, good. yeah. It's her story of being a, a potato, couch potato, smoking, you know, and her and her brother decide they'll run a London Marathon. And it's her journey to run a London Marathon and beyond, you know. That's and it was only <clears throat> when she was halfway through this journey, she just realised that her father had actually, they knew that their father had been a runner, but she'd never really questioned him or you know and she discovered that he had actually run so many marathons and he had loads of information and her and her father became really close because of this you know this journey of her getting mm. through the marathon um so it's a really good could book. you resonate with the book now after being through your own marathon yeah. journey yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. brilliant yeah so Eileen thanks very much that was absolutely yeah. amazing and keep shining your light on everybody <laughs> No, well, there's one other race you have to do is uh, the North London Half Marathon because you finish in Wembley Stadium. (laughs) Brilliant.